Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello everybody and welcome to the 30th episode of Believe in the Long Run. I'm your host, Dom Santino. I'd like to thank Dominique Scott for joining the podcast last week once again. We've got another guest coming in here in just a few short moments. But first, we're going to promote our podcast social media as we always do at the beginning of the show. Just remember to go check out our social media. You can find us on Instagram at Believe in the Long Run and on Twitter at The Long Run 5. Go check those out. It gives you updates on what's happening with the series and who's going to be guest appearing. And then make sure you subscribe to our podcast as you found it on your favorite podcast platform. So that way you can be notified when new episodes air and see who's going to join us each and every week here on the podcast. So we got another wonderful guest here on the podcast. We're going to preface something that she talks about first. And that's a race that she ran this last week. I didn't really know too much about it. I had to dig into it. Actually, it might be two weeks ago now she actually ran it. But it's called an Ekiden. And it originally comes from Japan. And so what they did is it's basically a big relay race. And so the one they ran, it had six different legs to it. So you wear a sash and then you hand it off to your next teammate that runs part of the leg. So this one was put on by Hanson's Brooks ODP, which is out of Rochester, Michigan, which is where I went to college. Just down the road a little bit, we see the Hanson's team running around all the time. But they put it on. So what they did is you'd have the first leg run a 10K, the second leg run 6.1K, the third leg run a 5K, and then you'd repeat those three distances with the final three legs. So the fourth leg ran a 10K, fifth leg ran 6.1K, and then sixth leg ran 5K. So our guest is Danny Shanahan. And she comes to us from Southern California. She'll talk about her experience growing up there and why she didn't want to move away. But she attended Loyola Marymount University, a small D1 college there in Southern California, and and helped build her cross-country program there at Loyola. Went to nationals in 2017 in cross-country, and then had some more success, but ended up eventually signing with Hoka Nas uh, Elite in Flagstaff, Arizona. She'll tell us about how she got connected with them, but just a couple of her times to put it in perspective, uh, her fastest 1500 on the professional spectrum is 416.36. Of course, that's her fastest overall, but she ran that as a professional. Her 5K 152691, that was in 2019. And she also ran her 10K last year, the fastest she's ever ran it, in 32.22.59. So she talks about she's had a rough 2020, and she'll get into it more. But she was glad to get back to running at the Rochester race. And her team actually took first place in the event with an overall total time of 2 hours, 10 minutes, and 11 seconds. Just ahead of the Hanson's ODP team by less than two minutes, about a minute and 58 seconds. So congrats to the uh, Hoka Nas Elite team. 
Congrats to Danny Shanahan. Her she ran her leg in sixteen eighteen, so not too far off, less than a minute from her PR, but first race back, that's a good time. So we'll get we'll stop my rambling and let her talk about her experiences and how she got to where she is and what she likes to do. So without any more being said, let's welcome Danny Shanahan to the podcast. On your mark, get set. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be able to chat with you today. Yeah, thank you. All right, first question, pretty simple. How did you start running? Um, I started running around my freshman year of high school. I was like okay at other sports and I was like okay I'll just give this whole running thing a try um I went to like a small division four high school in California um and our team was like pretty decent for being as small as the school was um and I ended up being right next to like the number one girl on the team and um, I remember my first league meet race, I ended up winning and I called my mom after, um, and I was like, mom, I won the race. And she was, I had to repeat myself like three or four times to her because she didn't believe me that I won the thing. Um, and then after that, I was just hooked. Like I, I loved it. And I was like, wow, this is something I could be pretty good at. Um, and I haven't really looked back since. What was your favorite distance in high school to run um in high school I was a pretty I was pretty stubborn about I'm a miler like I'm not like eight laps is too many for the track um so I was pretty stubbornly a miler which now I look back and like kind of laugh on saying that like eight laps is too many for a track race because now I run the 10k um so yeah, I would say I was pretty severely a miler and then didn't even, like, try the 3200 until my senior year of high school. Um, let me see. What, how did you decide on Loyola Marymount? Um, yeah, so with LMU, uh, I kind of went through that whole, like, when you're a junior in high school, you go on these unofficial visits and you pop in and like say hi to these coaches and um LMU is actually the very first college campus that like I stepped foot on like thinking like oh this was a place where I could be going to school and I just fell in love with it immediately um I loved the campus I loved the school I loved um the school's message of social justice and that it was a Jesuit university um, and I, when I met Coach G, I gave him a hard time about this now, um, but he doesn't even remember meeting me uh, because I wasn't very fast my first few years of high school, um, and he pretty much kindly told me, um, yeah, okay, you would maybe be able to walk on, but also come back and talk to us when you're faster, but at the same time, he, he was very nice about it, and I really liked him, and I liked um, his coaching, and I thought that it was a place where I could do really well. So then, like, going into my senior year of high school, 
um, I was like, okay, like I want to go to LMU and I didn't really even look at other schools because I had already made my mind up. Um, what did you like there other than running? Like, what did you like about the college? Um, well, I was, first of all, I was terrified of weather and going anywhere cold. Um, I'm from Southern California and I kind of wanted to stay in that area. Um, and LMU is like 45 minutes away from where I went up, from where I grew up. Um, so I wanted to stay in Southern California. So that was like a big check. And I wanted a smaller school. I had always gone to smaller schools. Um, and I really liked that feeling of community on the campus, um, which, and also the campus is just gorgeous. It overlooks, um, downtown LA and like the Marina Del Rey area and the ocean. Um, and I just fell in love with it. And I just knew that for me as a student, as well as an athlete, I would do much better academically somewhere where the class sizes were small. Um, I knew it would help me stay like engaged and motivated in my academics as well as a place where I thought that I could work really well with the coach and contribute athletically. Um, so that's what kind of just, I was very like one track minded, like this was the place for me and I have no regrets in going there. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite moment from competing at Loyola? Um, yeah. So my fifth year, um, we kind of had, there were like several teams that I was on while I was there. I was like, okay, like this is the year that we're going to like have a big breakthrough and we're going to like place really high at regionals. And the pieces were all there, but we were never quite able to put them together the way we'd envisioned in at the beginning of the season. Um, but my fifth year, I was on a team with a lot of younger girls. Um, it was mostly freshmen and sophomores and we were going into our conference race. And that was like, for me personally, I didn't have like the day that I wanted, but I got to see all these younger girls that were my teammates just really put themselves out there. And we ended up third in the West coast conference, which was, um, it tied the highest finish since I had been at LMU. And I just remember like feeling like we had really given it everything that this team was capable of on that day. And I was really happy that I stayed for a fifth year to be part of that and to see what these girls could do um, after I left and just feeling like I was leaving the program in good hands with the next group. So that's something that sits really fondly in my memory, um, even if it's not like the biggest like, we, oh, we brought home this big trophy, but just knowing that I was leaving the program in a good place with a great group of people, um, that kind of sits well and is a happy memory for me. Yeah, I get that. I kind of had the same thing when I was running in college. Um, yeah, where'd you run? Uh, a really, really small NAI school in southeast Michigan. Um, okay. Rochester University. So they had... Oh, I was just... In Rochester yep. a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So um, they had a they had a pretty decent cross country program back in the '90s, but then they it kind of uh -huh. just disappeared. And so I was one of the couple people that kind of started to bring it back up again. So now, 
Now they got, when I was there, we only had two guys. Now we have seven, and I think we have a couple more coming in next year. So wow. we were kind of right. that, that first wave to kind of get it going again. So Yeah. 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 Something about small schools, like, it, it's not the big glamour of, like, the big NCAA D1 programs, and, like, I've definitely heard things and played that comparison game, but, like, I wouldn't trade my college experience for the world because I knew it was the right place for me to be at. Oh, yeah, same, um, same. And then it's, like, you got to think about, okay, maybe things would have been different if I went to a bigger school, but at the same time, I knew this was the right place. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, exact yep. same thing. Yep. So what made you sign with Hoka? Um, well, even though I knew LMU was the right place for me, I ended up training alone for a good chunk of my career there. Um, I would, there were occasionally a couple other girls like earlier on in my college career that I would train with. Um, but then by the end I was doing things pretty much completely alone. Um, and I knew that in order to get myself to a higher level, I needed high level teammates. Um, and coming in when I signed, um, obviously like Steph Kellen and Alphine were here, which was, they've been great. They've been fantastic mentors to kind of like teach me the ropes in, um, the professional running world because there's so much to learn uh, but also I came in with a class of four of us um Alice Wright and I are still here so we've kind of been able to navigate coming into professional running as rookies together and learn together and I had not only like the support system of the older women on the team who have been through it all seen it all have been able to like help me navigate through this new world but I've thrown myself in after coming from a very small school, very different experience. And I've also had people coming in with me that were also trying to navigate it as well. So that balance um, of the two of like, okay, these are all people that are going to elevate me to a very high level. Um, but at the same time, like we're here to support each other and make each other better. That was like a huge selling point. Also Flagstaff is a fantastic place to train. Um, I'm convinced there isn't anywhere better in the world to train um, than Flagstaff and Ben is a great coach so it all just added up like this was the right place to go um, and it's been great I've um, made some big improvements on the track still finding my footing on the road but um, getting better at it each time out and yeah it's been awesome I have loved my time here plus you get to keep your warm weather Kind of. I was pretty terrified of the winter when I moved here. Um, if you ever get a chance to talk to Ben, he he like laughs at me about it now because I was like really stressed about the snow because I had seen snow two times in my life before moving to Flagstaff, um, which happened the year that I moved happened to be one of the worst winters on record. Um, so I was really scared about that. I was really scared about like driving in the snow because I had never driven in the snow before um and I was like I had um Grayson and Courtney like in the car with me they were like talking me through it as I was driving in the snow for the first time um but yeah it is a much milder winter than for most places but coming from a girl that grew up in Los Angeles it was so daunting um because I never experienced a winter where it got lower than 45 degrees <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
What is what has been your favorite thing you enjoy about being a professional runner? Um, I mean, the races are different. Like some, like this one's hard because there's so many things that are great about it. Um, but it's also been a transition because this not that running wasn't at the center of my life before becoming a professional runner, but I had more things going on. Um, I think it's still just the people that I've been able to meet and the places I've been able to go. Um, I've been able to travel to some pretty neat races and participate in some cool races as well and just meet people I don't think I would have met otherwise, um, my teammates included. Uh, we're all like joined together by this thing that hurts a lot but like you feel a real sense of community um through it uh so yeah i think the people that you meet along the way um that's one of my favorite parts of it and of course i love racing and competing but that kind of just goes with the job description um but of course that is the best part of the job is the racing and competing but also meeting the people along that you get to meet along the way um, there's just some great people in the sport. How much have you been able to compete with everything that's been going on in the world right now? Um, not very much for me. Um, I kind of got hit with a double whammy this summer where COVID hit and then I also got injured back to back. So I was starting, I had taken a break in February after you or January after U.S. Cross. Um, and was kind of starting to gear back up around the time and like starting to get kind of fit around the time where everything started shutting down. Um, and I'm still not entirely sure how I got these two injuries. So the first one, I like tweaked my hamstring, um, during the first week that my team decided to not meet with each other, um, during COVID back in March, um, so that one tweaked pretty bad, and I ended up, like, it ended up taking until almost June for it to completely go away. Um, and I was just kind of, like, running easy mileage, and then we'd maybe throw a workout in, and it felt like I was taking, like, two steps forward, three steps back every time we would try to reintroduce something. So then Ben and I talked, and we were eventually we eventually said, okay this isn't getting better by running, just running easy on it. It's not going away. It's pretty stubborn. We have the time. Let's take time off. It looks like there will probably be races later in the summer in a more traditional sense. Cause at that point, my team has been putting together a lot of time trials and inner squad races. Um, so we took two weeks completely off and it went away. But then I was, about three weeks back into training and I still don't know how exactly this happened. But I was on a run and I think I must have just stepped on a rock wrong or something. And I just felt like a sharp twinge in my foot. And I finished out that run and it was fine. Um, but then I got home and I was like walking around with my shoe off and I was like, ow, this hurts really bad. Um, so I went to my chiropractor. We got an MRI to rule out bone because he at that point the way I was describing it he was convinced my foot was broken which made no sense because I had been running for three weeks 
and usually you get stress factors off of volume. Um, so it ended up being two strained ligaments around my fourth and fifth metatarsal. And I ended up, which is just like a weird running injury. He said he's never seen it on a runner, my chiropractor, and it's usually like a dancer injury or something. Um, and I ended up in a boot for several weeks and after taking a hard reset, had to take another hard reset. So by the time all of the races were happening, I was still either in a boot or just coming back into training and nowhere near any sort of fitness to actually be on a track racing. Um, so we just kind of took that summer in stride and did what we could. And I biked quite a bit and um, just took a step back and was thankful for the good things in my life, even when things were rough because things weren't great because the world was chaotic and my foot was in a boot and I had already just taken a reset. So I'm really thankful now that there are, races in a more traditional sense that it's sense that are being done safely and that I'm now having the opportunity to race them um, and be out there with my team and instead of just cheering from the sideline. Yeah, racing always makes things better, but that that's that definitely sounds like a tough summer. Yeah, it was not a good time. Um, the one redeeming quality was that my boyfriend and I got a dog in May, so I had a small puppy to hang out with all summer. Um, that was the bright spot was my dog. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, um, everyone kept saying that like COVID's a great time to be injured because there's no races. I was like, yeah, there's no races, but there's also nothing else to do besides be injured. So, yeah. um, is what it is but I'm very thankful now to be back in training and um yeah getting fitter and having these opportunities not taking them for granted so speaking of racing you were just in Michigan recently for a race I think you kind of already hinted at it but how did that go and what was that experience like um it was so fun especially after not really doing any like that i think this was the longest i've gone without racing since maybe high school um and maybe even ever because uh, my last race was pan am cross country in february so that's a good what eight months without racing um so i was just really thankful to be able to put on my kit and be on a start line and not only do that but like do it with my team um, that Ekaden is just such a fun event. Um, I've never been in anything like that before. And just having that kind of opportunity as a professional where, like, yes, we do all train in groups and we do all want to see each other succeed. But at the end of the day, like, you have to run fast and beat people, your teammates included. So to really, like, be in something completely together and have like the men's and the women's team involved. Cause we do train, we don't do our workouts together together, but we do warm up together and do our easy runs together and cheer for each other. We are like one team, even though we don't do specific workouts stride for stride. Um, it was really fun. Like being involved with the men's team as well. Um, and traveling with everyone 
Um, and then I ended up staying in Michigan for like the whole week. So that kind of got extended as well. Um, and then the race itself, I was really happy with it. I remember the day before the race, because Rory and I were on the 5K leg, and we kind of saw where our handoffs would be in the part of the course that we would be running on. And we were like, okay, like we can really rip this 5K and like run something fast because we thought, like, okay, we have this downhill section, but we didn't think about how windy it was going to be the next day. Um, so then. When I, or when I was warming up, I was like, okay, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But, of course, that's what you always tell yourself for a race when the wind is bad. Um, and I just focused on staying strong and staying very powerful, even with wind gusting in my face. Um, and I feel like I accomplished that, and I, and I ran in a way that I was proud of, basically. And... Um, it's been a little, well, it's been a while since I've raced, but it's also been a little while since I've been able to say that about a race that I've run. Um, and yeah, it was great, like having the stash and like representing my team and walking away from it feeling like, okay, like I ran a good leg for my team and something that is more of what I feel like I'm capable of. And um, it's also going to help propel me forward for my next block of training. Um, so yeah, that whole experience was great, very positive. Um, I hope it sticks around because um, it was a fun event and the Hansons team, um, Keith and Kevin, they did a great job putting it on. How did you guys decide to come to that event? Um, well, I think it was partially Ben's idea to put on an Ekaden. Um, so from what I've heard, there was a group, and of course, like, don't quote me on this, this is all like the hearsay of, of the race planning, but there was a group of coaches that were sitting down and having Zoom calls with each other, just being like, okay, our athletes don't have these opportunities to race. What can we do to create something? Um, so from my understanding, it seems like Ben was kind of on... Ben was on those calls and was throwing ideas out and was part of um, helping it come to life. Of course, Keith and Kevin did all the work of making it happen, but my coach was on the call with the others saying, oh, this is something we should do. So then when it actually came to fruition, of course, we were going to go. Um, also, it's like... How could you say no to that? It's, it was such a fun event, um, and we all want opportunities to race, and that was a great one. Um, so for me, it was the first thing that made sense to run um, and compete in after being injured all summer. It felt like I would have enough time to be fit enough to be um, to run a strong leg for my team. So, um, and then also, I like running the five kids quite a bit. So I was like, Ben, please put me in the 5K. And thankfully he listened, um, which with the wind, the 6.1K might've been the better leg to run, but it was a great day. <laughs> um, what did you think of the course? Was it mostly roads or was it in the woods too? Or what did you just think of the Metro Park overall? Oh, it's beautiful out there. Um, I'd never been to Michigan before. Um, and my only reference for a real fall is 
Flagstaff, really, because California person. Um, so I thought it was a beautiful park. The road was really nice. The, that bike path was great. Um, a little bit windier than my liking along the lakefront, but we rolled with it. Um, but overall, it was a great course. It was a good. It was a place where you can definitely run fast, but you're also going to have to make some tough decisions um, in a race. And I think it tested people well um, to do that. And yeah, I I think it was a great call to have the course there. So you guys, I've ran there multiple times. Um, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people that train there. Um, so you guys ran on the bike path then around the park? Is that what you guys did? Yeah, so the course, Keith and Kevin, um, it's, they had it set up so that the start, they, the men's 10K started right before um, the Winter Cove parking lot, if you know where that is. Mm-hmm. And then, so to get the extra point two of a 10K, they started in, like, turned into that lot almost immediately, did a loop around there, and then just ran the entire loop. Um, my 5K leg started a little bit after that longer downhill um, on the back side of the loop before you come make the turn to come in front of the lake where it's pretty open. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So that's the stretch I was running. I never got, I never touched like the rolling hills along the backside of it. That's the toughest Um, part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, but you hit it right on the head. I mean, it's usually pretty windy there. So. Yeah. Especially right being on the lake. Yeah. So we worked with it, but. I don't think going into the day, I was really expecting to just run into a wall of wind for probably about two and a half miles. It was pretty much my whole leg um, was straight into the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you said you stayed longer in Michigan. Was that planned or did that come after the event? Yeah, so it was planned. Um, Ben wanted... um, Lauren Paquette and myself to stick around to do one more workout at sea level, which is something we just don't really have the opportunity to do very often. Um, so we stayed and did a little workout at park track. We also haven't really been able to get on a track in Flagstaff very often at all either. I think I've touched track maybe two times since all of this COVID stuff started happening. Um, and yeah we just had a little 300 workout at sea level which was really nice just to kind of wake up the legs a little bit after a race and also remember what it felt like to breathe during a workout and not be at altitude and just remember that we make our lives harder by living at 7,000 feet but also that it's good for us um so yeah we just stuck around for a little workout and hung out watched some movies and had a nice time just being away for a little bit if you were not running what would you like what would you ideally like to do just like career wise yeah that works either or um i would probably so i did my master's in um educational studies at omu and i kind of geared it more towards counseling so i think 
if I wasn't running professionally, I would go back to school and finish out my counseling degree um, and practice as a counselor. Um, what I currently do when I'm not running, um, I walk my dog, I knit. I also work part-time for the Boys and Girls Club of Flagstaff, um, so that takes up a good chunk of my time. Um, I work as an executive assistant and in donor management, so um, my days spent answering emails, going on meetings, planning fundraisers, planning direct marketing things and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that takes up a good amount of my time, and I love my other job as well. Um, and being involved in an organization that gives back to the community and feeling like I'm more involved in the community of Flagstaff. Um, so yeah, that's what I would not, what I would be doing if I wasn't running professionally, and what I also do when I'm not actively running, recovering, doing professional running things. It's pretty cool. It's good, honest work. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like my job. <laughs> <laughs> if you could run anywhere, where would you want to run? Um, like, like in the world. Go okay. Go on a trip and yeah. check it out. Yeah. Um, I feel like this answer is basic, but it's the truth. Like, I really do want to go to St. Moritz because I feel like Flagstaff and St. Moritz are like the two hot spots of places that people go to train, and I haven't been to the other one. Um, and my boyfriend went a few years ago with some of his co- like our college teammates. Um. He said he'd go back, and I want to go with him once I can travel again. But I do really want to check that place out because it just looks amazing and beautiful, and I want to run around that darn lake that I've seen so many pictures of. Sounds like a good time. Hopefully there's not too much yeah. wind there. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's, what would be your ideal distance to run? Um, like for a race? Or just in general. Like doesn't matter. In general? For a race, I still just love the 5K. Um, I'm warming up more to the 10K, and that distance excites me as well. But, like, there's just something about the 5K that just really gets me excited. Um, For, like, a training distance run, I love a 14-mile long run. I feel like it's enough to feel like you've covered a good distance and put in a good amount of work, but also not so long that you're completely shot for the rest of the day um so i will stand by those answers all right they're good ones all right one last question what is one thing you have taken away from running um i would say to never it's something i'm still working on but just don't set the limit on yourself to one thing like yes like something that I run now is something that Danny five years ago would have just dreamed about thinking is possible so like not setting those limits and thinking that oh this is the barrier that's what's possible it really just opens you up to how good you can be and it's something that's scary and it's something that I'm still working on fully doing um but just learning to let go of limits and to trust yourself to be your best self um, is something that 
I've learned you really have to do to compete at the highest levels. And it's something that I'm still working on and learning every day as I go into each workout and each race. But I think that that's where you really find success is by learning to not limit yourself and that and trusting that you will be your best self on the day. All right. I like that answer. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. So thank you for taking time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Once again, just want to thank Danny for taking time out of her day to join us on the podcast. And I thought it was kind of interesting this time. Tried to change it up with some questions. I thought we threw some good ones in there. Had a good conversation about small schools and the Akadan and something new. You know, that's what I like hearing about and learning about while interviewing different runners in the community is different things that have never brought to my attention you know I've heard of ultra running but didn't know a lot about it we've learned about that we've learned about mountain running or trail running and now we've learned about Ekaden so look at that a few things that have been added to the list but just going to wrap it up here with once again hitting our social media at the long run five on twitter and believe in the long run on instagram go follow those so you can stay up to date See what's going on, and we'll be back next week, hopefully with another guest. Everyone stay safe, get out there, get some mileage in. If it's as nice as it is here in Michigan this week, it's a beautiful time to get those mileage in. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening, and stay safe, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.